Welcome to the Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, chronicles and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Sapbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains in upstate New York. I'm the chef owner of Sapbush Cafe, a farm to table and neighbor to neighbor experience in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton. And I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers and the Grass Fed Gourmet. This podcast is the audio version of my blog, which can be found at sapbush.com or theradicalhomemaker.net. One of my greatest anxieties is that I'm not the farmer that my parents have always been. Not even close. And at a time when I was most distressed by my perceived failing, my daughter left me gobsmacked by sharing her own deepest fears. This is Shannon Hayes, and you're listening to The Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, Episode 24, Quitting Time. I need to quit writing. Or at least quit writing so much. I blame Sersha for this. Or the voices in my head. I kind of blame Dad. I definitely blame Kate. I get Kate's message when Bob, the kids, and I come out of the woods two weeks ago. We spent 24 hours in sylvan bliss, enjoying our first true day off of the summer. I should never have turned my cell phone back on when we returned. Then none of this would have happened. But I turn it on. And Kate's message blips in. She needs a meeting with me before our regularly scheduled Friday sit-down. The phone practically thrums with her urgency. I don't ignore her message, although I wish I did. I drive to her house and knock on her door. She's sobbing. The throes of the season, the juggling of baby Lark between her and Joe's jobs is too much. She wants to quit. She wants to raise her kid. I get it. But I hate it. I watch Lark as Kate weeps. Kate loves our land. She loves this farm. She loves our family. This is tearing her apart. But that baby is tearing me apart. Eighteen weeks ago, I was holding that baby in my arms. We were dancing in Kate's living room while I called instructions out to Sarsha for cooking Kate and Joe's dinner. On that day, she was becoming a familiar weight against my hips. I knew her little gestures. I knew that her smiles were hard won. I knew the intensity of her gaze. That was the last time I held her before the wall of the pandemic came down. On that day, we were all a big family. Sersha was helping Kate in her home, enabling her a few hours each afternoon to work on the farm. I was helping Sersha learn the ropes of baby and home care. COVID changed all that for us, forcing us into tribal corners, ripping us from Kate's household. And Kate, ultimately, is now tearing apart from us. I hold myself together each time we meet to discuss the logistics of her departure. She wants to find a farm of her own. 
She wants to help finish training the A-team, Saoirse, Corey, and Ula, for the remainder of this month. But one quiet evening, <laughs> I can't hold it together any longer. I'm crying out on the screen porch in front of my portal. Mom and Dad squeeze together on her phone on their own porch at the farm, trying to console me. But I'm beyond consolation. I am only deeply, deeply regretful. So much faith has been invested in me on this farm, and that faith has built a business with one enormous chink in the foundation. I can't do what Kate does. I can't tube a lamb, autopsy a chicken, nor castrate a pig. I'm not even allowed to operate the tractor. There's a long story behind that one. Kate does what Dad has always done. She does what Dad simply couldn't teach Bob and me. Every time we tried to learn his skills, we felt like square pegs in round holes. Things didn't make sense for me. I grew stressed and panicked. I fumbled and became frustrated. I don't feel comfortable handling livestock until after they're dead. Bob and I are at home in the kitchen. We're exhilarated by the process of building new enterprises. We're comfortable juggling the finances, but we're failures at the livestock. We've even given up gardening out of sympathy for the plants. And all I can do on this summer night is apologize to my parents. I look directly into their eyes and express the shame I have felt for my entire adult life. I'm so sorry I couldn't learn to be you. They laugh at me. The farm is the least profitable part of the business, they remind me. Everything else you've built since is what keeps the cash flowing. The farm is the foundation on which it's all built, I remind them. And I can't hold the foundation together. We have lots of choices, they remind me. You've made sure of that. And the bottom line is that today, the farm is here. Today, there are three kids who need that farm as much as that farm needs them. Today, that farm is putting money in their bank accounts and food on their plates. Today, they are here and they can handle the work, even if their mother is useless. Those three kids hear my whimpers and toss aside their devices to join us on the porch. They listen respectfully to the conversation until we hang up. You do so much, Corey wants to comfort me. You shouldn't feel bad about this. We can handle the work, Ula tells me. We're learning a lot. But I'm so reliant on Pop-Pop to teach you everything, I lament. I don't know how to do anything he does. What if we lose him? It's quiet for a long moment before Sersha speaks. Her voice is nearly at a whisper. And how do you think I feel every time you write an essay? and do a podcast or a book? I furrow my brow and cock my head. She continues. <laughs> Every time you write a blog post, I think, how am I going to do that someday? How am I going to keep this going when she's gone? And then you and Dad keep starting these businesses, and each thing you start, I'm really happy for you. And then I think, how am I going to carry that on? 
and it really scares me. Well, shit. The next day, I go off into the woods by myself, my journal in hand. I pass through the trees until they start to clear just above a pond. Gazing out at the water, I pull out my pen and listen to the voices in my head, writing down anything that pops into my mind. And these are the words that scrawl themselves across the page. If your daughter was doing all the things you're doing, you would worry about her. You'd try to make her stop. Those thoughts scare the hell out of me. Here I am, lamenting my own parents' accomplishments and skills because I cannot fully absorb them, and I'm building an entirely different skill set altogether, and now the next generation is saddled with even more to keep up with. I need to make it all smaller. I need to make it manageable so that they can learn more easily. I need to take it down so they can build it up. And it starts with the writing. That's the first thing that worries Sersha. Frankly, my production schedule is untenable. No one operating a farm business and a cafe should be able to write a story every week. It's not reasonable. And besides, who has time to read every week anyhow? On my way home, I decide that I'm overtaxing you, dear readers and listeners. You've got enough on your plates without listening and reading so much. And if I write less often, that clears an extra morning every other week. And then, when you add in the production work that Bob does for the podcast and the promotion work we have to do after, whew, clears even more time. I mention the idea to Bob. He doesn't say anything. I mention the idea to Ron and Jean as I clear their breakfast dishes at the cafe. Ron looks at me like I have four heads. Jean barks at me. The writing keeps you sane! They'll get used to it, I tell myself. On Sunday, our family takes the day off. My brother and his wife and daughter come home for a visit. It's mom and dad's 50th wedding anniversary. We commit to a day of idle and head up to the farm pond overlooking the mountains. Dad is late joining us. There are a few things he wants to do with the animals before he comes. But he does come. He dives in and swims across the pond. Then we both get out and sit on the deck overlooking the water. We exchange no words. But we look out at our family as the shadows grow long on the surrounding fields. Three generations splash, play, and laugh high in these mountains. The sheep graze peacefully on the opposite hillside. The pigs and chickens settle down in the valley. We don't talk because I know he's lost in his thoughts. He's thinking about pasture rotations or contemplating ruminant parasites or feed rations. My own mind is crunching numbers, calculating lost revenue and balancing against reduced cost, devising a marketing plan to carry the farm through our loss of USDA processing and a financial plan to withstand a second closing of the cafe due to COVID. We are each pondering the problems that fascinate us. And in this moment, we are separate. And we are undeniably together. We are here for this. We are on this farm, doing what each of us does to be with this family, with this land, with these mountains that define us. And I realize that I will always live with the anxiety that I don't have my father's mind and skills. And my daughter may always live with the anxiety that she's not a carbon copy of her mother. That's just the nature of things when we are inspired by the elders in our lives. Because I am not my father, I can be someone different. 
And because she is not me, Saoirse, too, will be someone different. But as I watch these mountains and these pastures, I feel warmth and kindness emanating up from them. They've held our family for 40 years, accepting all the ways we've employed to love and steward them. And in this acceptance, I know that this week, I will sit down to write once more. (laughs) This is my way. I'm thankful that my daughter admires it. I teach her what she's interested to learn. But I need not tamp down my fire to make the work I do seem easier. Right now, it burns bright, and this is my time to stoke it. She's simply on a quest to find her own personal fire. And when it ignites, all of Sapbush Hollow will be warmed by it. This podcast happens with the support of my patrons on Patreon, and this week I'd like to send a shout out to my patrons Cindy Scott and Liz Walker. Thank you folks, I couldn't do it without you. Some of you may have noticed that the old episodes of The Hearth of Sapbush Hollow from earlier this season are slowly disappearing from public access. They're not gone, they're just moving over to my Patreon page. If you'd like to help support my work for as little as $1 a month, you can have access to all the archives anytime you want. Yay! Just hop over to Patreon and look up Shannon Hayes. For those of you who've been following straight along, you've learned that Sapbush Hollow Farm is losing access to our federally inspected slaughterhouses due to an influx of animals from the COVID-infected plants out west. If you are one of our customers, we really need you to move with us to the new Animal Share CSA-style system so that we can continue to process your meat for you. The cuts will be the same and the food will be just as safe and healthful and delicious. It's just that the terms of our relationship have to change, where instead of being a customer, you become more of a shareholder. For steeper discounts, you can buy your shares up front. For those of you who lack freezer storage, we've worked out a monthly payment and storage option, which you can learn about at sapbushfarmstore.com, where the prices will be about the same, well, actually, exactly the same as what you're probably paying right now for your meats from us. This discussion has sparked a flood of replies from farmers out there. Sapbush Hollow is far from alone in this. In the midst of a food shortage, small farmers are being barred from the legal means to bring their products to markets. We all need your help. This month, the Prime Act S1620 is going before the Senate. It would allow the in-state sale of small farmers' meat processed at these state-inspected custom slaughterhouses. Basically, it would enable local food processing for local food. Makes sense, right? Everyone has faced the grocery store shortages that have happened as a result of COVID disruptions with an industrial food supply. We local farmers have the ability to get it to the people safely, but the requirement to funnel all animals through these USDA facilities is crippling us. These custom houses are just as safe and all the sources are traceable. So please, if you like to eat and you haven't done so already, take a minute to call or write your senator and urge them to sign on to S1620, the Prime Act, to empower the small farmers of this country to save us from the next round of food shortages. Once you've done that, please reach out to your congressional representative in the House and ask them to support HR 2859, HR 2859. 
1-800-273-8859. I've posted information about the Prime Act from the Farm and Ranch Freedom Alliance on the Sapbush blog. And for those of you who have written to tell me that you did reach out, thank you. Here are some more bells and whistles of gratitude. <laughs> now, if the Prime Act does not go through, please, please remember your small farmers need you to be flexible, compassionate, and adaptable in order for us to bring our food to you. The circumstances under which we must now operate are dramatically different. We have to change, we have to change fast, and we need you to do it with us. So please be compassionate and listen to what your own small farmer has to tell you about this. Now, for some good news, our COVID-19 infection rates continue to hold stable here in New York State, and Schoharie County in particular has one of the lowest infection rates in the entire state, so the cafe remains open for dining at half capacity. You can find us Saturdays from 9 to 1 for breakfast and lunch, and 5 to 8 for dinner. That said, dinner is now just a mom and pop show with Bob and me, so we are accepting no more than 8 guests during the entire shift. That's right, only eight guests. This is the magic number where we can balance solvency, safety, service, and our personal sanity. So please email me at shannon at sapbush.com if you want to make a reservation. And remember, state regulations require that all guests wear masks unless seated at their tables. You can find our COVID safety plan at the top of the Sapbush blog. It is an honor to be your farmers and to help you cook at home with nourishing ingredients. If you aren't local and you're sending your food dollars to your own local farmers right now, thank you. This is going to help keep our community economies going and the local food flowing, no matter what happens in the broader world. Also, as many of you will recall, we have both a tenter site and an Airbnb vacation rental. We have protocols instituted to enable safe vacation getaways while the pandemic rages on, which includes special cleaning procedures and increasing the time between bookings. That means we are accepting a lot fewer guests, but that we are permitting longer stays. The hiking trails, the farm fresh food, craft beverages, and the swimming holes are all still here for your enjoyment. Hop on over to sapbush.com if you'd like to check them out. And to my fellow farmers, again, thanks for listening and thanks for the work you're doing. We're navigating through a lot of instability as a nation, and now more than ever, we need each other to be there and to hold strong. We are weaving a new food system. We're trying to sow peace and sustenance amidst pain, loss, hatred, and confusion. We can get through this. We can come through this period with a healthier planet, a healthier food system, and with greater justice and kindness. But we need as many people at the table as possible to make it work. So please remember that you cannot execute your calling if you are not well. Take care of yourselves. The work we can do to build health and restore community is endless. But we can only do what the day allows. Please be kind to each other, then get some rest so you can keep going strong tomorrow. The work will always be there another day. Have a great week. This was produced and edited by the sexiest man alive, my husband Bob Hooper. And the great music we're listening to comes to us from Emory. Thanks for listening and have a great week. So